Welcome to The City Podcast, a ministry of Ambassadors Church in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. If you'd like more information about our church, visit our website at wearethecity.org. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you are blessed by today's word. For the word of God today. Thank you, Tyler, for setting the background for the, for the moment. And uh, if you have your um, Bibles, could you take that, and I want you to open up to the book of John chapter 20, verses 11 through 18. John chapter 20, verses 11 through 18. How about that weather yesterday, y'all? Wasn't that beautiful? Man, oh man, we were enjoying it. And then today we woke up to reality. Uh, I don't know what's going on with this rain, but, but it's all good. Rain is the sign of, of new life, amen. And I don't know, spiritualize it some way. Um, John chapter 20, uh, verses 11 through 18, my version says it this way. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying, and as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying, and who is it that you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbi, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. So Mary went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. The word of the Lord, let's pray this morning. God, thank you so much for another day that we get to be here. I pray that your word would bring fresh perspective and and, and new hope to us. Lord, I pray that this Mother's Day, Father, we would remember, Lord, that that you are the ultimate parent, God, that you are the ultimate nurturer, the caregiver, Lord, that you are the one who has loved us with an everlasting love. But we thank you, Father, this morning for the gift of our mothers, Lord God, and the women in our life that have played that role. Father, we thank you, Lord, ahead of time for the fruit that will flow from this word. And I pray, God, that our hearts would be open and receptive to it. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Where's the people in the room that just, you cry easily. Come on, if you cry easily, all right, all right, we got got some people, you cry at the drop of a hat, right? You just, it doesn't take much. You know, a movie, you know, any cry, like you cry during movies. Any people cry during movies, always crying during movies, all right, cool. Uh, anybody, it's hard for you to cry. Like, it takes a lot. It takes, like, oh, it takes, like, pulling teeth for you to be able to shed some tears. It, for me, it kind of depends on the situation. Uh, I, I can cry, but, but, but not always. I got some stats on crying. So women in America, I don't know why in America is different from the rest of the world, but women in America cry on average three and a half times per month. Does that seem little or does that seem like a lot? Too little? <laughs> Raheem's like, my wife cried on the way here, on the way home. <laughs> Just play it. Raisa was like, nah. Um, does that seem like a little bit to me? That seems like a little bit to me. Three and a half times. It's like the, the half is like when she, re- when she remembered she was mad and stopped crying. Um, men cry on average. This is American men cry on average 1.9 times per month. 
uh, 1.9. So the, the 0.9, I guess, I don't know, but, but one and a half times, does that seem a little bit or does that seem like a lot? Seems like a lot. You think men cry le- more, less than that? Like on average, like one time every other month, maybe like six times a year? Once a year? Where are the spiritual men of this church? My goodness. Sensitivity in the name of Jesus. Men cry on average. When men do cry, they cry for an average of two to four minutes. Uh, so, so the crying lasts about two to four minutes. Women cry on average for six minutes or more. That seems, that seems short to me. Women, this is the reason why women cry. Women cry when they feel inadequate. Okay. Uh, when they are confronted by situations that are difficult to resolve. Or when they remember past events. Okay. Anybody, anybody crying now? Okay. Tyler, you want to help me make them cry? Men, meanwhile, tend to cry from empathy. Okay. Or when a relationship fails. Crying's very strange. We cry when we're happy. We cry when we're sad. We cry when we're mad. We cry when we're in a spiritual mode. We cry. We cry for all, all sorts of crazy reasons. Like, have you ever been mad and you cry? Sad and you cry? Grateful and you cry? Weird. Tired and you cry? So tired, you got to cry. Just exhausted. Hungry and cry. You guys are crazy. I cry for a few reasons. I have my top three reasons I cry are number one, the Lord. So if the Lord like, you know, but I can't cry and like, I, it's very hard for me to cry when I'm preaching or when I'm, you know, when I'm praying in public. I, I only cry in prayer when I'm praying to God by myself. It's, it's odd. It, I, it does, the waterworks don't turn on when, I'm, when I have a mic or when I'm talking on a platform. My dad, on the other hand, can cry almost on command. Like, <laughs> Lord Jesus, ooh. Like, it just, just, right? No, you cry on command. I have, I've barely heard my dad pray without crying. Right? He is the weeping prophet. <laughs> I cry for bullied children. This is one of the things that are like, when I think of children that are bullied, oh, I'm about to cry right now thinking about it. Just the thought of a child being bullied just breaks my heart. Uh, and then any movie that portrays the love of the father, any, of any kind, I will burst into tears. So Quiet Place, which was a, a, a movie about the love of the father for his children, uh, which kind of like a horror movie, but I... Cry at the end of that, of that movie. Anything that portrays, I don't know if it's because my dad's just like the best dad ever. I don't know if it's because someday I want to be the best dad ever. Maybe a combination of both factors. Uh, but, but I just, whenever there's a dad who like dies for his kids, gives something to his children, man, you would think that it's me in that movie. I just weep. Uh, any of y'all cry Love of the Father movies? All right, all right. Me and Natalie, that's about it. Any y'all cry for any other reasons in movies? Romantic movies, you cry. No, I can't cry at those. It's all the same, y'all. It's all the same. Those movies are all the same. Those Christmas movies are ridiculous. They are all the same. 
The plot is the same. The girl returns to her small town only to rekindle her love with the guy that she grew up with. And then she breaks up with her good-for-nothing New York City boyfriend. And then that's it. I can give you the whole plot. Ridiculous. Hallmark, life, what's the life, what's the life something, life, lifetime, I was going to say life touch, but that's the company that does the yearbook pictures. Um, So crying is just weird. I remember at the beginning of my marriage, uh, you know, there's a certain time period of the month where, you know, just tears are more prevalent in a household. And, um, and, and so I remember one time I came home and I found Alini crying and I knew we hadn't fought. I knew there was no, no issue. Like, we were fine. And I walked in and she was crying and I said, why are you crying? And she said, I don't know, but just let me cry. <laughs> and so I just kind of like, okay, close the door. I guess, because, I mean, do I just stay there? Do I comfort her? I don't know. Like, now I'd be like, oh, come here. But then I was kind of like scared. Like, what is going on? Like, why is she just in a, like, in a room that like just randomly crying on her own. It was the most heartbreaking of scenes. And, and I don't know, just let me, let me cry. Have you ever just felt like you've got to cry for no reason? Like if I, just, if I could just get some tears out, I'd feel better. So hard sometimes though when you got to will the tears in. You got to put some artificial tears just to get the, get the stuff going. Crying is, is, is very, it's, it's odd, but there's this story in, in, in the book of John where Jesus has already risen from the grave, right? And, and Mary is now at the tomb weeping. The stone has been rolled away. The body is gone. She peeks into this tomb. And in the spot where Jesus had been laid, there was uh, an angel sitting at the foot and at the head of that spot. And she, she leans her head in. And, and, and the woman just asks I mean, the, the men, the angels, whatever gender they were, they, the angels asked Mary, why, why are you crying? And, and the woman, Mary, turns to them and says, like, if you've taken them, like, I don't know where they've taken him. Jesus is obviously not here. And she is weeping at now the fact that not only was her friend Jesus dead and buried, but now they've taken the body. And so it's this odd scene where, first of all, I'm like, why aren't you realizing that you're having a conversation with angels? That's the first thing that just kind of pops into my, into my brain about this whole situation. But Mary is there. And she is, she's just desperate. Have you ever cried like a cry of desperation? Like it's beyond just I'm sad, but it kind of goes to that level of anguish. Maybe you've lost a loved one or, or maybe you are going through some kind of heartbreak. And there's like you cry out and it's not even tears that are coming out anymore. It is just like this scream from the bottom of your soul. I just picture Mary there and, you know, the sadness and the anguish of Christ's death has now like taken like an, an added level of grief where now she doesn't know where he is and there's these two random angels in the tomb asking her why she's crying it's it's crazy how mary is in a very you know strange situation if we kind of zoom out for a moment and we we think about what she's going through it's 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 heartbreaking right you know for many of you in the room maybe that's the way you feel like the person that you entrusted your life with, 
the, 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 the factor of your life where you had wrapped up your hopes, your dreams. That's what Jesus was to Mary. It was this, this figure in her life that had given her security, this, this figure in her life that had set her free, had given her peace. Not only had he died, but now they had taken his body. And she felt like everything that she had given her hope, trust, and faith to had been stripped from her in a weekend, in a moment. Have you ever kind of looked back over your week and you say, everything changed this week? Everything changed. Everything that I had hoped for is gone. Everything that I put my faith in is gone. Everything that I was wishing for has been stripped from me. And there is this woman in anguish, and the, and the angels are asking her, who are you looking for? Who are you looking for? And, and here's the thing about this. Mary gives an answer. And Mary says, they have taken his body. And they have now stolen him. They have you ever kind of just started giving answers of they, they? And, and for me, talking about Mary, I'm like, who are they? Who are, because they didn't take, who are they? I want you to begin, and follow my train of thinking here. I want you to identify the they in your life, the they. Because for Mary, there was an assumption here that someone had taken Jesus. Assumptions are very powerful. Assumptions are powerful. Mary went to the empty tomb assuming that they had taken the body of Christ. Assumptions will make you believe something that's not real. Until you've seen the evidence, you can't make an assumption. Can you tell your neighbor that? Don't make assumptions. Have you ever seen that meme? Like, oh, I'll never jump to conclusions. And then the picture is the frog like jumping into the, like a field. This is me jumping to conclusions. A lot of us are jumping to conclusions. We're jumping to assumptions. We're, we're making radical claims without seeing the evidence. We, we do this about people's life all the time. We make assumptions about people. We make assumptions about their motive. We make assumptions about their attitude. We make assumptions about what they're going through. We make assumptions about how they feel about us. We make assumptions about all sorts of things. And here is Mary making an assumption, saying they are the ones who took Jesus' body. Meanwhile, Jesus had already resurrected from the grave. And, and this, this whole scene kind of is, is powerful to me uh, because the, the, the angels ask her a question like, who are you looking for? Why are you crying? And, and I started thinking about this a little bit deeper Every time there's a question in the New Testament, it's because there was a miracle that was about to happen. So for the woman who had the issue of blood for 12 years, Jesus asked the question, who touched me? Miracle is happening. When there's like a blind person, a lame person, and Jesus asked the question, do you want to be well? It's because there was a miracle that was about to happen. Uh, when, when the disciples were on the boat and there's a storm uh, raging over the Sea of Galilee, and Jesus asked the question, why are you terrified or why are you afraid? It's because there was a miracle that was about to happen. And here we see in the same situation, the angels are asking a question, why, who are you looking for or why are you weeping? It's because a miracle is about to happen. And here's the thing that I want you to realize. The deepest doubts and questions you have in your life right now are because you are on the border or the brink of the move of God in your life. Every question that you have is a sign that God is about to move in that area of your life. Can you say amen to that? Wherever there is a question, you are on, you are in, on the brink of a miracle. And so this whole dialogue happens between the two angels and Mary. And now Mary turns around and she's grieving and weeping in the front of this tomb. And then this man comes up behind Mary. And so this, 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 this man asks the question, the same question, why are you crying? Why are you crying? And so she doesn't even recognize 
that this is actually the person that she's looking for. This is Jesus. She assumes again that he's the gardener. And here's the thing. She's weeping so much that she's missing out on the signs of the miracle all around her. Her feelings clouded her vision of two angels in the tomb and the risen Lord right behind her. Your feelings will many times make you miss out on what God is doing right here. Your feelings. She, w- she had assumed that they had taken Jesus. So she's having a conversation with two angels, not realizing that she's having a conversation with two angels. She is now dialoguing with Jesus, the man that she is grieving over, the one that she is looking for. But her feelings are clouding her vision of the miracle that is taking place. Feelings are powerful. Feelings will make you miss a miracle. That's why you have to live beyond the feeling that you're feeling. Is this a word for anybody? Feelings will lead you down a a trail that you don't want to go because if you start living by feelings, you're going to miss out on the move of God that's happening right here in this room. Man, if you're feeling hungry, it's hard for you to... Have you ever felt hungry? It's hard for you to feel spiritual. I can't read my Bible without food in my stomach. Because then what do I... And and I'm just being real. Then what do I think? I'm thinking about the food that I need to have and not the food that I'm trying to get from the Word. So there's just this thing where feelings mess you up. Sometimes we play this game in church. And we let our feelings allow us to miss out on what God is doing in the room. So we're feeling tired. And when we're feeling tired, it causes us to, our our vision becomes clouded against what we're doing. And so what we start doing is we look at the spiritual through the eyes of this feels silly. And and it's it's not that it feels silly. It's not that it is silly. It's because your feelings are clouding your vision of what God is doing in the room. Are you feeling what I'm saying on this? It's crazy that this woman is having a chat with two angels and Jesus and not realizing it. How many times have you been in the midst of a miracle and you don't realize it? How many times have you been in the midst of the move of God, but you don't see it? You don't perceive it. That's what spiritual discernment is. Discernment is our ability to see in the spiritual what God is doing in the physical. Let me turn this thing off. This thing is about to... You're about to choke me over here. Uh, so do you, do you feel what I'm saying over here? That like sometimes, sometimes there's this thing that happens where, where we're not seeing in the spiritual what God is doing. And that's what I think Mary is going through. What Mary is facing is the fact that, that she, her feelings are now clouding her perspective. It's clouding her vision so she doesn't realize the fact that she is actually seeing Jesus, the one that she's mourning over. Today, I don't want you to tell you to get over it, but I do think that you should allow your vision to be cleared so you can perceive the move of God in your life. Amen. Yeah, you can clap for that because that's a good word for somebody who's maybe whose feelings have clouded their perspective. God is on the move all the time. God is doing a new thing all the time. But many times your feelings will get you to be blind to what God is doing. You are living in the midst of a miracle right now. You are living in the midst of the move of God right now. 
You are sitting in the presence of the Holy Spirit right now. God is speaking to you this very moment. God is ministering to your heart as I speak out these words. And it's going into your spirit. I believe that God is doing a work because God's word is that powerful. But so many times we'll be blinded to what God is doing because we are too caught up in how we're feeling. And what we do then, I know this is not a great Mother's Day. I could do like five points on mothers and six points on and fathers and 90 points on God. But I just want to give you this. Sometimes we've got to live beyond what we're feeling. Because your feelings are fickle and your feelings change and your feelings are, 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 are not constant. And man, for Mary, this is a crazy moment. She's dialoguing with angels and with Jesus. Not realizing because her feelings clouded her vision. This morning is a moment for you where our feelings are going to be clarified and we're going to begin perceiving the move of God in our life. Here's the part that blows me away about this story. What proved, and and hear me on this, I'm going to go nice and slow on this because when I received this, It changed the way I see this story. We live in a generation that wants signs and wonders. We want want to see the evidence. Like, man, I want to see like a a blind man see. I want to see the dead raised. I want to see demons flee. Like, I want that kind of move of God. So we want signs and wonders, and, and a lot of times we'll chase it. Like, that's why... A lot of people's emotions are toyed with this whole idea that if I sow into a ministry that I'm going to get something out of it. It's going to show a sign or a wonder in my life. And so people will try to buy a blessing. It's, it's, it's nuts. And here we are at the greatest miracle in history, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The sign and the wonder is not what transformed Mary. Only the moment where she heard the voice of Jesus speaking her name, Mary, was there a clarification of the moment and she perceived what had happened. You see, signs and wonders are the fruit after transformation. The thing that will change a person's life is hearing the voice of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. In a generation so bent on wanting to see the move of God, I dare say that what our generation needs is to hear the voice of God. That changes the whole story for me. She is standing at an empty grave, not realizing that Jesus is alive. But the moment she hears his voice, she knows who it is. Man, that's a beautiful story to me. Man. Folks, what would your life look like if you stopped chasing the next move of God and you just drew into intimacy with him to hear his voice? Hearing his voice is enough. Here's the thing. When you hear the voice, you appreciate the empty grave. It only make the empty grave only makes sense after you've heard the voice. 
The signs, the wonders, the miracles only make sense after you've heard the voice. Jesus dialogued with every person he did a miracle. Every blind person, every lame man, every leper. He even spoke to Lazarus. Lazarus, come, he's speaking to a dead man because the voice always precedes the miracle. This is a revelation and a half. The voice always precedes the miracle. Jesus spoke and then the miracle happened. Because when you hear the voice, it causes you to appreciate the miracle itself. Hearing the voice of God is what's going to transform your life. Why are you feeling so spiritually destitute, dry, drawn out, dragged out? Here's here's the thing that's going to change your life. What's going to change your life is not the next powerful service. Not the next sign, the next wonder, the next sermon, the next worship set. What's going to transform your life radically and eternally is you hearing the voice of God for yourself. And this morning is that moment for you. I'm calling this series next, Life Beyond the Grave, because for so many of you here today, you feel like the grave is final. Your disappointments are final. Your failure is final. Your feelings are final. But look at all that happens after Jesus rose from that grave. For you this morning, Tyler, if you could come up. For you this morning, I want to pray a prayer of faith for the person whose feelings has been clouding their perspective. This is a simple word, but a profound word. This is a word that maybe you needed to hear this morning when you came in. And I know that God's word never returns void. And as I was pondering this story, Thinking through the feelings that Mary was facing. Thinking through the evidence of Christ's resurrection. And the fact that the voice of Jesus is what turned her sorrow of anguish into weeping of joy. Remember at the beginning I said crying is so odd. You can cry because you're sad. You can cry because you're mad. You can cry because you're angry, you can cry in a moment of gratitude. Mary is crying all the way through this story. She cries at the empty grave, but then when the story finishes, she is crying out of worship. Jesus is the one who this morning wants to turn your sorrow into joy. He wants to turn your mourning into dancing. He wants to turn your your garments of, of sorrow into a garment of praise. This morning, can we do a trade in? I want you to trade in your feelings for facts. I want you to trade in your sackcloth and ashes for a garment of joy and a garment of worship. I want you to trade in your tears of sorrow for tears of gratitude. I want you to turn in your prayer request with a praise for all that God has already done. This morning, I want you to perceive the miracle that you're living in right now. Let's not allow our feelings to cloud our vision. Today, this word is for someone who needed hope. Today, this word is for someone who needed to remember that there is life beyond the grave. And if that's you, could you stand with me all across this sanctuary? My invitation is for you. Let's all stand together.